0: Hello, Bold Wongs, and welcome to episode 10 of Act Bold. Today on the podcast, I have an international casting director, Cassandra Han, who has worked both in America, broadly, and for the past 20 years or so in Europe. So Cassandra, welcome to the podcast. I'm thrilled to have you on. You're a fellow compatriot, another American. (laughs) (laughs) another expat. Another
1: long-term expat,
0: And you came for the same reasons I did. It was love. Basically love.
1: Amore. Always amore.
0: Amore, amore. (laughs) I've never even talked about that with you. you, Obviously, you speak Italian, right? I do. I work um, in German
1: and Italian, I would say, but equally German language roles, German language projects, Italian language roles, Italian language projects. Of course, often that is also English language projects, which sometimes is Italian actors who speak English or German actors who speak English. So. It's a a big salad for me of language. And our family is super multi I guess I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Because your husband, he's Tyrolean,
0: right?
1: He's actually not Tyrolean. His mother's South Ah. Tyrolean, but he grew up in Milano. But he speaks German, Italian, English, and Dutch, all like kind of mother tongue. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And he works with me in the casting. So he's very helpful linguistically. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Lorenzo. Yeah, Italian was the first foreign language that I ever learned. And it was the reason that I actually moved to Italy. I fell in love with the language. It's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And the food. And the (laughs) food. Yeah, of course. That goes without saying. (laughs) So tell me, because you've worked on the two different continents, you've worked broadly across three countries for sure. You work within Germany, Italy, also Tirol, which is its own little region, and the UK. So... Mm -hmm. What do you think are the main similarities? Let's start with that across the board when it comes to casting.
1: I feel like the only main similarity is the end product, the goal, which is good casting. I think everybody's trying to do that and doing it, reaching their goal in quite different ways, actually, in my
0: experience. And what do you mean by good casting? Ah, good casting, actors who
1: match the role well and who hit it out in the park acting-wise. So I think those two things are, yeah, those two things are very important. Of course, great acting is super important. But I also think that, you know, you can have a great actor in the wrong role and it's all pretty obvious to everybody that doesn't work very well. (laughs) So it's about chemistry. I always think it's, it's almost like a partner, the role and the actor. And it's like just some people just have chemistry and some people don't have chemistry and it's hard to describe why. But I think a lot of actors... I hear from them that they're always, if they didn't get a part, it's always, oh, what did I do wrong? What could I do better next time? Can you give me feedback? And certainly by the time you get to the callback stage, you've jumped over the bar acting wise that you're in there. So it's usually a question of chemistry in the end. Mm-hmm. Getting it's chemistry also
0: with the role itself or chemistry, chemistry with, with the other... role itself, yeah. both of course. But I think the first thing is chemistry with the role
1: itself. Yeah. And then the second thing is, of course, chemistry. If there's another, actor who's been cast already or maybe it's an ensemble and so you're trying to balance all the roles so that can be very important but I always tell actors it's your job when you're auditioning for something is to get consensus it's not to impress people it's not to prove Mm -hmm. yourself it's not to I don't know whatever other there are a lot of goals I think that actors sometimes have which are slightly off because the goal is to get consensus for a really actually Sometimes a quite large number of people that you're the right actor for that role.
0: So when you say consensus, you mean consensus with the director, with the producer, whoever?
1: There's a a good number of people who have to sign off on cast, especially the main actors. It's a, sometimes it's a corporate ladder. So it's first the casting director and the director and then the producer, and then possibly some other producers that are responsible for the production. It can be also a number of different people. It can be the distributor. If there's a television deal there, it could be the network. It could be the streamer. It could be certain different people within the streamer as well. There's a whole corporate structure there. It, it can be a lot of people <laughs> who have to approve it. Yeah. Now,
0: the streamers, they're known for having more eclectic, eccentric shows, right? They're, more, they're able to niche down with the shows. Do you find that they're more creative and open in their casting as well? Or is it that, is it as much corporate as... I
1: wouldn't say it's a question of creativity because I think also everybody that's working to do a show wants it to be as good as possible, wants to put out a a great show. And part of being a great show is about creativity. So I wouldn't frame it in that thing. I would say that streamers generally don't have a need for distribution. So they can therefore get rid of that world salesperson, a national distributor, a broadcaster. They're going to come on to a project. And of course, the producers need them to come on to close the financing. They're going to come on because there's something interesting to their viewers. Mm -hmm. So it's like the world salespeople are selling to distributors. The distributors are going to buy something if there's something interesting there. So if you already say it's a German project and there's a big German star in it, But you already have a little bit, not a little bit, you already have a big leg up to people who have no stars. So I always suggest to producers, though, to try to only take the number of name actors which you need, which are existential for the project, at least at the beginning. Then you can, okay, it'd be cool to have a name actor in this cameo because that would be fun, etc. But a lot of times I think people approach with bigger names are better. And that's definitely not true. And I think Netflix has clearly shown that because when you work on a Netflix project, often you get the directive, we don't want any stars. We don't want any names. We just want the best actors you can find very free. That.
0: That's yeah, That's
1: amazing. I Do love you, that too.
0: Is it because that they just want literally the best actors or is it also budget or is it a little bit of both? Or
1: Like I said, they don't need distribution. They have distribution. They have, a, they have 180 countries or whatever it is that their distribution is in place. And usually when a producer comes and says, we need a star it's for funding or financing purposes to bring on a distributor. It'll be sometimes a film fund, like we need an actor from Bayern in order to bring the funding body on because they have Mm -hmm. the territorial effect that they need to make. And so a lot of times those decisions are not even maybe a producer's choice, but it's existential to the project that they need an actor who will bring financing.
0: Okay. As far as like actors also having a name, how much does social media play into that, if at all?
1: It plays a bigger role than I would like it to play, to be perfectly honest. It's a thing lately in the past years that I've, a couple of years, not before that, that you start getting suggestions for role, for, and then I've never heard them, they're not an actor. When I look them up and they have 80 million followers or something, exaggerating, but And so you see that I understand why they do that again, because they need to, it's like you, you're creating a product, which is a creatively created project or artistically created project, but you also need to sell it. Of course, for the marketing department of the production company, if they're going to try to get some buzz onto the project, it helps them to have actors who have a big following. Now, it depends on the product. If it's a a serious drama set in the 1900s in Poland. Making this up, a social media person is probably not going to be the best choice. If it's four teenagers hanging out and shooting the whatever, where it's very talk. I don't know what they're shooting. There's there is a, a word for that, but I think I can't say it. <laughs> you,
0: can you can say what I mean. it. I don't yeah. care. We'll say shooting the shit anyway. Shooting shoot.
1: the shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Then okay, like a, an Instagram or a TikTok star. Why not? Let's audition them and let's see. Let's talk, talk to them.
0: Is there like a minimum number of followers that people
1: are looking at? Just no. out of curiosity? I, I think it's, I think it doesn't make a lot of sense unless it's in the millions of followers. Right. Wow. Mean, okay. I think, yeah. or at least hundreds, right. upper hundreds. Of, I don't know. I'm not part of that discussion. It's usually, it gets lobbed to me as a, hey, we had an idea. And then I research and et cetera. But because I'm not looking, although I have to say, there's a art house director I know who recently, maybe maybe a year ago, came to me and said, I've been looking at this Instagram thing. And you can really tell a personality from that. It's really interesting what the actors post and what they think about and whether I could see them in the role more because of the types of things that they post, if it's like a mm-hmm. political thing or they're very philosophical. So I was really surprised that social media has seeped into that it's not like we're making decisions based on it. It's, oh, that's interesting. So I started putting like Instagram links in, but that for him, that was like a creative thing. It had nothing to do with the number of
0: followers. You see like their essence and stuff. Yeah, I think it is true to a certain extent. I think it's becoming more true. People seem to be putting themselves more authentically out there online, willing to not filter themselves Absolutely.
1: I've never seen anybody say we have to take this actor because they have a big following. It's usually just like somebody gets put into that. Do you know what I mean? Someone yeah. who wouldn't normally be in the conversation is batted. It's not, I'm not getting, okay, go cast off of Instagram. I've never right. been told that and I wouldn't do it, to be honest. Yeah. You can't really.
0: So tell me what, maybe let's start with Europe. What do you think the biggest differences are? Are casting within Europe? The three places that you mostly cast. Do you cast in Spain as well?
1: Not really. No, I think if I don't even think I've ever had a Spanish character. Occasionally, I have some French characters. Of course, if it's like extensive, then I would hire a French casting director to do it. But sometimes it's it's one or two roles, and if it's a quite a big role, then the kind of the options are like pretty. You can research that. You look at the exactly, but it's not. It's definitely not something that I consider like a. Something that I can actually do. I can, but not on that level.
0: So what what are wait actually let me just back up a little bit. Do you cast foreigners in the German or English or Italian productions? So like Americans, English people in Italian.
1: Yeah, I'm usually, mostly I would say I'm approached when there's need for, yeah, for a foreign element. Or a lot of times it's based on a co-production. It's a German-Italian co-production. Okay, for example, Barbarians. That's a German production, but there's a whole group of Romans and they have to audition in Italian and they have to speak in Latin actually in that case. But that's a difficult job, I think, for someone to take on who's not familiar with the Italian market. And also just a certain amount of, you have to know the actors in that play. So that's again, that's in France. I can, like I said, I can research for one or two roles, but it's not, I don't know the French talent.
0: Right. But for, say, the, all the, because ex- there are tons and tons of expat actors. And I know Spain is, has a lot of tax incentives right now. So it seems like a lot of people are moving in that direction. How much do you do with casting like the English-speaking roles within Europe? I cast a lot of English-speaking roles.
1: I just did the UK roles on a series, and about halfway through, it's a real problem with Brexit now. We used to get all of our kind of American actors from the UK, um, and now because of Brexit, it takes a long time to get the work permits, and it's not an easy process. It creates extra stress. And when possible, they would prefer to get Americans native speakers of American English, yeah, or who can play Americans authentically, who lives in the EU. We toned down the UK. So that ended up being, I would say about half of the characters I did came from the EU and the other half from the UK. But as it got closer to the shoot, it, it became impossible to bring them in from the UK. So I did that a lot. It's getting more okay. and more also because of SAG, you can't bring actors from the US. And I think I've met maybe one producer I've ever talked to or two, maybe three who are willing to do the global rule one agreement to bring SAG actors over from the state.
0: You know? Yeah, it depends on budget, right? And as a huge... Hear- cost consideration as well.
1: But even if you have a big budget, it's still a huge cost consider. It, 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 for me, it depends on it, the only reason to bring an American actor is if they're bringing some money to the project in terms of bankability, which is a shame for American actors living no, outside. There are tons of them here. Yeah, yeah, sure. And you guys, and you all live out of, and you live out of, out of jurisdiction. So it's fine. So even, I want to be clear about that, even if you're in SAG, but if you live outside of SAG jurisdiction, it's fine.
0: Yeah, I just did a huge fact film in January that was shot in Serbia, but I was, I think the only one who wasn't any longer, because I used to belong to SAG, but I've just been here too long and it didn't make sense for me. Although now that I'm considering going back at times, I wonder about that. But anyway, that's another story.
1: You can, it doesn't matter as long as you're here. I mean, it's just a. it's annoying. To, I was in Actors' Equity, too, and I stopped because I didn't like paying the bills for nothing. Yeah, it's like, expensive.
0: It's expensive. Exactly. If you're it's not expensive. getting any back from it, yeah. then it's okay. Why am I doing this? But yeah, neither here nor there. So tell me, I know, like, I just had a big interview with Olivia Rogaya. She's a Spanish representative for Crew United. And so it was very interesting to talk to her. She's not a casting director. She's also an actor. But it was very interesting to talk to her about the differences between germany and spain as far as preferences in headshots and in show reels how is that from your point of view as a casting director
1: yeah the process of casting in germany is quite different the in terms of taste or what is usual for headshots and things i think that's more me personally i think it's more casting director specific rather than country specific. Of course, there are probably some trends or whatever. And also it depends on how long you've been doing it because there are some kind of old, there's some old school ideas and then there's some kind of newer school ideas and then there's sort of people in between. And it also depends on the project. It totally depends on the project. It depends on what you're, if you have, if you're doing something for a studio, they have really specific technical things that they, that you have to fulfill that are quite, difficult, not difficult. They're just very specific and very, Like what? I'll say, I'll just, this is an example of it technically. So I worked on a project once where there were two different scenes and they had actually wanted it all in one take, kind of one scene together. It doesn't have to be one take. It could be two different places because they were two different places. They wanted it all. And so I had done it in two because I didn't, she had, I don't know, it was miscommunication between me and the other and the, the casting executive. And, and so she's, oh God, sorry, I, I didn't make it clear, but this is how they went. Okay. So I had uploaded, I don't know, 35, 40 tapes onto the their platform. And then, so I had to d- redo it again. So I had to splice together the two scenes and then upload it again. And this is also, it's like, I'm in Rome at that time. So it was like now two o'clock in the morning and I, I edited it all together. And then I uploaded it. And then she was like, there's just, there's one black frame in between the two takes. Could you take those out? Oh, and man. I was like, yes, I can. Of course I can. Absolutely. If the director doesn't want a black frame, he does not get a black frame. There's no discussion. And so I did it. So I had to stay up till, I you don't know, six or 7 AM, taking it down, cutting off the black frame, putting it back up. And then I had to like go get a, a train directly out of Rome. So that's the kind of thing. <laughs> talking about it. It's, a, it's, a, it's just, they want lighting, the studio, the image. It has to be good quality. The sound has.
0: I think that kind of stuff goes without saying that, that you need to see the actor. Yeah,
1: this is going a little bit above that. It's a little bit higher quality than that. Of course, I wouldn't, we had to do it.
0: You're talking about when actors come into, to your studio. Okay. Not, not as. Yeah. In that case.
1: But, but for example, I'll just, there's definitely like a whole school of thought about neutral background. It used to be like blue and now it's gray. There's sort of trends about the color. A lit room, completely neutral, nothing in the back, nothing noisy. And then I've seen a lot of actors make very good use of not doing that. And I am fine with it. But other casting directors, whether in America, UK, Germany, or Italy, could say, no, we want the neutral thing. We want the classic thing.
0: No. Do you think that would, like, if somebody were to make really so... Have a background that's obviously not distracting to the character and the role that they're playing, but have a background that's not a neutral gray backdrop or a neutral blue backdrop. Would that count somebody out of a certain audition? I don't I- know if it would count you out. If it's done
1: badly, the casting director might be embarrassed to show it. And so even if the they might ask you to do it again or not ask you to do it again, but not be able to show it in some certain context, I'm a big proponent of that. When you're doing a self-tape, again, in the your overall goal is to get, gain consensus, and there are a lot of things ca- that can help you gain consensus, and that is like the environment that you create can give like sort of subliminal signals to the people that you're right for the role. And I see a lot of tapes, and I think that probably 80% of what I rule out is, of course, there's acting issues, but it's also very often they don't convince me as them living in that world or being able to be in the world through very simple things. And I think background can be part of that. So for example, for Barbarian, we hired an actor straight off the tape for the governor role in the first season. And he had, it was very interesting what he had. So he had, so a lot of the actors on Barbarians, they were doing like throwing on togas and riding horses. And there was like a lot of like Roman stuff going on and this actor he wore like a black turtleneck, and he had on the background it was like a library, which was very like good, I think it was his apartment actually, it was really beautiful quality wood. it was like a wooden, long panel. and then he had a view overlooking the city below. and then part of his face he shot a little bit in shadow, and immediately everybody on the team was like oh my God, he's so, you get that he's powerful, he's wealthy, he's educated, he, um, he, but he's a little mysterious. I think he's got something going on. And if you like look at it technically, he fed everybody all of those signals, which were in keeping with the role. And everybody was just immediately on the same page and said he's perfect. So if he had done it, to be honest, the same actor had done it with a gray neutral backdrop, whatever, it's hard for me to imagine that without that atmosphere, I think it would have been more of an uphill battle for him. He's a great actor and has a great face and everything, but he just, he like tuned it so that those things which fit the role, which are part of him work.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. Of course, it makes our job as actors just a little bit more complicated because you're not you're no longer just an actor you're also a production making sure that that's right and that the lighting is right and okay the sound and the lighting I think we have down at this point because of self-tapes and it's been going on for a while I love that it's changing but I think it can also be there there are people who are just innately good at understanding what adds and doesn't subtract from the role
1: absolutely absolutely and I've seen it backfire I've seen it backfire badly and it could be that totally didn't work and for the thing is it's, it is a risk for sure i've also had like situations with really crazy auditions there was another actor for that same thing that i swear he had he also got the role but he had music close-ups full costume so he was cutting and everything through. he cut the whole thing together he had he had sounds of horses whinny he had music it was like But he got it because it also created. but another, but it was also dangerous because somebody else could have just said, oh, no way. No, that's totally crazy. No. Sometimes I think it's something very simple. It's also, I'll give you some more examples of simple things. Just say, for example, it's a period piece. I think for women, if you're, even if you can't see it, if you wear like a corset underneath, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be like a whale, I don't mean a whalebone one, but just one, you can get it to Nissan you, whatever. That just, it just holds you. It makes you sit in a different way. It makes you stand in a different way. It makes you hold your body in a different way. That kind of thing. So if you're, if it's um, some street, young, punky, like a cement wall, that's, that looks urban as opposed yeah. to your pink flowered bedroom. It's, it's helpful. Those things that you have to look at the frame and everything that the people are singing and, and like I said, get, because this is the thing producers and certainly executives and directors, even. Their job is not to extrapolate. Oh, casting directors, that's our job. We're good at it. And it's not that they should be good at it because it's not their job. So need to understand that you have to require as little extrapolation as possible for the viewers.
0: Yeah. That makes. Yeah, totally. So are these things that are across the board, doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter where you're casting from. Or are these things that are specific to Europe?
1: I think it's the same everywhere. Yeah. If you're, I know it's hard. I never. I've worked with actors to try to get them to the point where they can table some technical things, you know, about not centering yourself, not not getting stuck, not being straight. Try to always be in a, you know, like in the the, the role of the third. Because the minute that I'm like this, then I have a certain amount of dimension where I can take a step forward or take a step. Whereas I think a lot of tapes are like this.
0: It's so true. And
1: this, I just, I can't, even if I wanted to over, to overcome that, to supersede it, if an actor is stuck like in the mud with the lights and so many tapes are like this, it's flat on, it's stuck and they're saying the lines, but they're not creating any sort of atmosphere. And so nobody can see you in the role because you're neutral. Too neutral. So too neutral. Neutral, it just goes in the mint pile. Yeah, okay, maybe, but It doesn't get people excited. I
0: love that because that's an easy kind of fix.
1: Those kind of technical fixes, already just this, I'm just showing myself, already that is just, that's a a framing thing, which is already super helpful. Not to be straight in the middle. You can see the difference.
0: It's more cinematic right off the bat.
1: There's a 45 degree thing here too. Like we just, I just did a, I gave a workshop and we were doing a driving scene and the woman was driving like this, right? And then she had to argue with her partner. So it's like most of them did it, they're driving and then they have to argue with their partner. Mm -hmm. And then, so I'm looking at the side of your face. So it's just a very simple thing. Drive here so I can see you driving and you don't have to see the hand. If you're doing a little bit of shifting or find some motion where I feel like you're driving. And then you look to the other side and you're the other thing. And that way you can keep your eye line on both sides of the camera. But this is just a basic thing that really, really helps. And if you're a little bit off, it helps as well. It's just dimension.
0: I love that. Yeah, I've, I also, i done an earth Greg Apps. I don't know if you know him. He's out of Australia, mm. but in any case, casting director out of mm. Australia, much like you, like on the uh-huh. board of all the major uh-huh. casting societies and all that in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'll meet him soon. Yeah, exactly. He's great. He's been around forever. But so super interesting because he was like, not only that. You want to lean in close if you want to have an intimate moment. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And, or if you're yeah. threatening someone so that you're yeah, really using that. that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is like a thing because so many people, and then this is the rule, you know, you're supposed to do a mid shot and you're supposed to da da, And then it's like, you know, I don't get any dimension and absolutely bring your body in to get a closeup of you. They need to see your face. They need to feel it. You know, if you're doing comedy, be sure we can see more of your body for part of it because comedy is about the way a person moves, the way it's, it's a huge physicality is a huge part of comedy. So it, again, it depends on the genre. If it's art house, you can do a lot more close-up. You can do a lot more intimate. And if it's comedy, if it's broad comedy, I would do like a three-quarter shot, at least for part of it, and be moving in and out and
0: more. But you can come close to the camera. You can come in for a close-up just by moving that, that different. I love that. I think that there's so much to that. Just think my auditions that I've seen was Dacre Montgomery, who was the kid from... Yeah, because did, did, some casting directors are like, oh no, that was a pitch pile. But I thought it was brilliant.
1: It depends. It is brilliant. It depends on. I think it depends on the role, and it depends on the situation. Oh, he has a lot going for him for that role, and so that he he had the space, you know, push it, and that role was about someone who had to push the boundaries, also. So that worked for him. If it were like a like I said, like a nineteen twenty four shy private in world war one no this is why it's i think actors really have to you have got to look at the director look at the genre look at is it a commercial film is it a an art house film is it a television is it a streamer is it broadcast tv broadcast tv has less those guys are more um you know those executives are much more conservative you know so you can't necessarily do that was Netflix you know he was doing and that was like especially at the time when Netflix was really pushing the boundaries
0: and Stranger Things was kind of over the top too which he sort of was
1: absolutely yeah. that's what I mean yeah. the, you have to look at the genre I, mean, I worked on this project for Terrence Malick for example and the little kids like we were looking for the kids and I just said can we go out in the to the farms and shoot the kids outside and, and of course and that was great and that's what we did we went up to the farms and because he's all about nature. You know, he's all about natural light. He's all about, um, you know, uh, these. he's okay with kind of long shots of these kids running around their faces and stuff. But he was like, I finally see the kids. You know? And he loved it. But you know, another director who, like I said, who works for broadcast TV, that's totally not going to fly. So know your audience this is really important.
0: Yeah. So what do you think? Is there any one specific quality that you feel like actors who consistently audition well that they bring to an audition obviously prepared and all that i mean just showing up on time you know all the main things they have
1: i think they're the ones that don't get their feet stuck in the mud and don't don't get frozen and so in in so doing they're bringing their personality to it because i think it's and making strong I you know let me strong choices it's all about strong choices because if you're going to send in a tape, you have this is a risk anyway, you could do that. And just do it really, make a strong choice. And by strong choice, strong acting choices, even if it could be considered wrong, um, in the not that it's wrong, but not how the director sees it. For example, the director and I will talk about it, and, or maybe even before I show it to the director, I would say, okay, actually, that's not what the director's looking for. Do it again, but I'm immediately interested in that actor. If you're bringing strong choices to, to a tape. Because then I can, I have a, I have something to look at. I have something. It's not neutrality. It's not like a, like just a blob of like unformed something, a blob of clay. Make a sculpture, and then I might say, oh, you know, like take off the ears and put that a hat on, and that thing you did, whatever it is. I, it's a stupid metaphor, but do you know what I need? Show me something that is strong, and and bold, and then we can start talking. Because like I said, 80% of tape get knocked out just because they're just too neutral.
0: It makes sense. I I get it from an actor's point of view, obviously, that, you know, they've, they've, I know a lot of actors feel like they just want to, I want to show you that I can act, but I don't want to be too strong in any one way in case that's not right.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I understand that fear, but this is what I'm saying. I'm saying the actors that book are the ones that overcome that fear. And I'm sure that they dealt with it at some point, because I think all actors do. But the ones that book are the ones that overcome that fear. And like I said, give us a window into you in that role, in that world, and ideally bring another piece to it that we didn't expect or didn't see. That's that's really great when an actor can can do that and say, oh, wow, that's a side of that character I didn't know about. I didn't see. I didn't think of it in that way. Then all of a sudden you're having a conversation with the director, which is like an artistic collaboration.
0: I love that. And surprising, right? You're bringing something that, that... Surprising. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You have to fulfill the basic things, the basic elements. As soon as you start bringing layers, as soon as you start bringing some surprising element, something fresh, something unique, it's it's just a different conversation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what's your favorite role? Or maybe you don't want to say role. What's your favorite project that you've ever cast?
1: Oh, my gosh. I
0: have to say, I really think
1: that the one I just finished, the trillion dollars. The Vita Men and Back thing.
0: What was amazing about that?
1: The producer was phenomenal, is phenomenal. The directors, I worked mostly with Florian, with the main director, and there was another director who was great as well, Isabel, but she came into the process a little later. Just like very, very detailed always and about everything, but in a very pleasant relaxed way of course there was like some stress that we had about things but um I don't know it's just such a they're just amazing people I love Florian he's really good and he's very nice to work with Florian B- Baxmeyer Florian Baxmeyer and Kirsten Nolmson is the producer and I don't know it was just a it was like fun it was like we're super fun the whole thing so that's great Oscar Ruler is great too completely different um I mean, of course, Total Art House, very specific Oscar, but I love working with him as well. He's very challenging. Like the bar is really, really high all the time. And so that's, you know, you just something you have to be totally aware. I mean, not that the bar wasn't high in the other project, but it's, you know, he has a very artistic sense because he's always looking for a specific type of actor, although he's open to it's not being as he saw it, you know. But he he, there's a certain style of acting which is like slightly elevated, mm-hmm. but it's not. It, but without going over the top, but that talk about that's strong choices. That's bold. That's what he's looking for, and it always has to be a hundred percent authentic. Right, elevated style, so heightened.
0: That sounds like a fun project too. I kind of like that style, to be honest. I think it's a lot of fun to do.
1: He is amazing, I and mean, I think he's from a historical standpoint in Germany. He's a really, and he's a director. Every film is very different. He's willing to take chances. He stands by his vision. And if you look at his body of work, it's just extraordinary. Mm. Terrence Malick, that project, I didn't do, I didn't do the main cast on that. I did the the supporting roles out of Italy. And, the, and like I said, the little girls, the daughters we found. So that was super fun. Ford versus Ferrari was really fun. That was, again, only Italy casting, yeah. but that was a great project, too.
0: Is there anything that actors should keep in mind as far as getting on your radar? How about that? Let's start with that, because I'm sure that's something a lot of people want to know. Yeah,
1: it's really hard. It's so hard. The bottom line is, unless I'm looking, unless I'm working, you know, we have a very structured work thing. So at some point, I'm looking for a specific character. A specific, I'm working on this one and then that one, and maybe in the afternoon, I'm working on the other one. So, unless you fit exactly the thing I'm looking for, everything's just white noise. And to be honest, it's soul crushing to receive. 30, 40 emails a day that I used to try to respond to. But if I responded to emails that i get, I would do nothing else but that and I wouldn't be able to do my job. Now there's so many channels. So it's like LinkedIn, Instagram, WhatsApp, email, Facebook. And it's just, and so many, I would definitely say, don't ask. Can you look at my headshots and tell me which one you like the best? Don't do like long story. I can't, I just, I, I just flip by it. And it's just, It's like advertising. You come home and then you have all this thing stuffed in your box. And it's just, it's really hard because I know that every one of those people is working super hard and I love actors and I want to support them. And I do many things to support actors and to keep the space safe and to try to make sure that it's the process is as human as possible. But I can't, I can't answer you. And most of the time, your email is just goes to my, I mean, I don't have to beat them. Because-
0: it is. And I get it. I, you know, I get obviously both sides, you know, I mean, as an actor, you want to, I want you to know me and I'm sure everybody else feels yeah. the same way. So, but nobody's going to know
1: you unless they need you in that moment. That's the fundamental problem.
0: Absolutely. And I completely understand that as well. So I guess that kind of brings me to my next question is how. What do you think about actors who are like with the quarterly updates and all that? I'm not very good on honest, but I know a lot of my colleagues are. If they write for one project and maybe they come up again and you're like, oh yeah, you, I remember you. Or do you remember them anyway?
1: It, look, this is the thing. I audition more actors, I think, than most of my colleagues. I audition a lot of actors per role. Like for the Barbarians, I audition like 100 actors per role. So I have those tapes and I go back to them all the time. So even if you don't get a job, I just actually just had that for another project. The lead actor had auditioned for another role um, and he didn't get it. And then he, he was perfect. And then he went and he got it, the lead role. I don't use my email as a source to find actors. My email is not a source. My LinkedIn is not a source. What's a source is the platforms and the auditions that I send out. So I would, if I were an actor, I would spend more time. If I had a specific amount of time, I would put it towards the tapes. If, for example, it gets out in the news that I'm casting something or there's a project going and I'm on IMDb Pro, whatever, where you meet amazing, you're doing a show about tennis players and you're an amazing tennis player. Then, okay, you can say, hey, I know you're doing a show about tennis players. I'm an amazing tennis player. Maybe that's useful. But that also works for me just as easily to filter in the thing, put into your profile that you play tennis really well, then I'm going to find you anyway through the filters. So my email is not in any way, shape or form a helpful place to look for actors.
0: People do not send Cassandra on a thousand emails. <laughs> that wasn't clear. It is now. I know. I just, but you know what? I used to be really, and it's funny, we casting
1: directors talk about it and some are like, yeah, like I respond. I do try to respond if I see, like to kids, I try to respond all way because I'm like a kid wrote to me who's 13 and really wants to be an actor. But what happens too, sometimes if you do respond, then they then it gets taken as like an open thing and then suddenly that same person is writing you a bunch of emails and asking for advice about this or that or can you tell me how to find an whatever an agency in LA or you know whatever and it's like you just feel like picked apart by like a thousand little
0: I mean you know know, uh, I always advise you know lead try and lead with with a, a give instead of a take when you want something You know, as an actor, they want you to bring them in for auditions, right? So they're leading with the take, right? Instead of leading with a give, and I don't have any suggestions for what the give could be. But for instance, as you had said with the tennis, that's a give because that could be helpful to you. Right. Right. So, Or even if you post something, I'm looking for Chinese actors that speak Cantonese and German. Right. Of course, and then and then if you, you see
1: any post or you see any yeah. exactly or even people a lot of times, of course, say to me, I know you're American and you're working in Europe and I'm a native speaker of English. OK, that's that's more useful than just any random person writing to me. I would make it very, very short. Here are my materials and and, you know, I'm a native speaker of English or whatever it is, you know, but it's just I don't know. It's 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 soul crushing because it makes me very, very sad.
0: It's. It is tough. It took me a long time to develop a thick skin. A long time. I did not have it when I was younger. And so I I get it. But it's also the thing
1: that I feel like psychologically to actors, if it feels like you're just getting, if it's like ever not answering an email is like a boom to your face, then don't send out emails. My God. Do you know? Don't do it. Don't uh, set yourself up. It's really not an effective It's not effective unless there's a specific thing that I'm looking for. Again, it's just spam.
0: Yeah. I think actors have to learn to take a lot, not personally. 100%. It's not personal. And
1: to really understand, you know what, I can't, if I'm not casting something that you fit, then as you said it's white noise it's just white noise yeah. it used to be back in the old days like when i was a casting director in new york we used to do generals because it was a really limited number of actors to be honest in a certain way and we would have a coffee or whatever it was a different world but there's nobody has time for that anymore
0: so how you seen the world because it's been changing so much right COVID had some yeah. huge changes and now it seems like there are quite a lot of changes again i actually have an in-person audition coming up, which, oh, I God, yeah. I haven't had that in, I don't even remember yeah. the last time I had in-person audition. It's yeah. like the world is maybe going back to normal, and yet I feel like self-tapes are definitely here to stay. No, self-tapes are here to stay. There's no discussion. I don't think that's a bad thing. No, I don't think it's a bad
1: thing at all. Look, there, there was a huge uproar in L.A., and I'm sure, I don't know if you know about it or we talked about it, but about self-tapes because there was some... Because I think that there's a lot, there are certain actors who benefited from being in the room because you can only bring in a certain amount of people if you're going to do a first round of auditions in the room. So those actors, I think, are now, they don't have that corner on the market that they used to have. So I understand that's frustrating. But self-tapes allow, and I actually, I was doing self-tapes for years before Corona. I've been doing it for many years. Yeah, that's how we met. Yeah. (laughs) That's how we met. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think there's, there's a lot of benefits to self tapes. The one is that you can see more people because if you only have from nine to five or nine to six or whatever in your day, you, you're only, you can't as a casting director, look at it from my point of view. I'm not going to take a risk, you know, because then otherwise I'm totally fucked. So I'm only going to bring in safe choices that are, that have a very, I'm never, ever going to give a slot to somebody who's not a safe choice. So, It tends to create a system where everybody's getting this. It's always the same act. So with the self-tape, okay, yeah, just have them make a tape. And you can watch it. And that's a way to to open up. I was talking, who was it? Mark Herkstril the other day. I was just saying he did a a big project. And they, they auditioned many, many, many people. And they brought in actors for the good roles that are like live in Reno, Nevada, who live in, you know, Wyoming, who live in... This was never possible before. You always had to live in LA and drive around from audition to audition, it's more equitable. It's 100% more equitable. I also think that actors, I mean, I'm trained as well as an actor, you have a lot more control of your performance because you can do it, you know, 25 times if you need to or whatever. You can can do it. You can watch it. You can go back. You can do it again. You can't do that in the room. So those are the good side. And people complain about, there are a lot of actors in LA that are like worried that, say, I think they don't get feedback. And that's difficult because in the room, you always got feedback. But I'll also tell you that the feedback you got in the room is, you know, it was the same thing. If someone started the scene and they were horrible in the first 10 or 15 seconds, and then you just sit there and politely watch, but it doesn't doesn't change it. You're still out. So it's the same thing. I can understand for the actor, okay. But then if I say to the actor in the room, "Okay, great, thanks so much, thanks for coming
0: in," you know what I guess it is. I mean, it's it's the human acknowledgement. I don't even want to say connection because I don't know if there's a big connection being made there. But it's just like being acknowledged. Okay, I saw you. Great, thank you.
1: But at the same time, I've remembered it being very awkward sometimes. There was no acknowledgement. You know. If somebody's really if it's a if it's you know, and maybe they're a good actor, a really good actor, but are just kinda off that day and maybe it didn't work, or maybe they forget Okay, but forgetting lines isn't you know, they forget their lines and let that shut them down, for example. And then it would just be like, Oh, okay, great, thanks. See ya. You know, I used to always try to say something nice. And I remember once I said to some kid, oh, that's a cute t shirt. Like, what, what is that? Did, but because I had nothing to say, because I don't like to lie. It's like, so I think, to be honest, it's, you know, that's its own thing too, is performing in the room and, and being able to wait in the waiting room for a long, long time and then go in and then be on your feet and make it happen and, and deal with the people in the room. That's all, that's a skill set also. So, and of course, we go to the room when we start working, when, we, when it's down to a callback list, then we are in the room. You know, you are, you're working with the, with the director, you're working with other actors. You know, sometimes it's a full day audition or, or, or several full day auditions.
0: I mean, that one thing I would say that I find is a little bit missing in self-taste is that the that, that nervous energy just heightens things. If I go into the room, you know, there's, there's like a little bit of that heightened nervous energy. I can still feel confident, but it's yeah. there. And that yeah. I can push things, you know, in ways. Motions are more under the skin.
1: I get it. I totally. Yeah, sure, exactly. I get. I get why actors want to do it. It's just like I said. It's just that the number of of auditions that you can do is is limited. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So again, it. And I, I'm always a huge proponent of not of churning up the soil. You know, aerating yeah. the soil because I think it's so easy, especially. What do you mean? By you know, that? like for example, Germany. Germany chooses a lot of people. Choose the actors off of show. Yes. Yeah. They don't audition them, for example, you know, and I'm a huge proponent of just make have them tape because what you have on your showreel is also very limited. So then you're limited to the roles you've played. So if you're playing a policeman, very often the roles you're going to get are policemen.
0: I didn't know that for years. And I kept, uh, you know, having conversations with my agent. Why do I keep getting these same type of roles? Why? 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 And she never really had an answer for me. And I it wasn't until I realized myself that they were only casting off my showreel. And I was like, ah, okay, I need to show them what I'm capable of. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And I think when people put together showreels, they don't think in that way at all, you know? And um, I'm not even sure that, that the system is that aware of it. Because for example, in Italy, nobody has a showreel. Wow. Zero. Not even the clips. Now in the past couple of years, it starts to be more, but um very few people do. And sometimes you see somebody's showreel and it's like a they'll you know, they'll have it say showreel and then you look and then it's like a interview they did on Rye like thirty-five years ago. Oh
0: my god. Like not helpful. Yeah. yeah. No,
1: no, no. They don't have them. They don't have them. They don't they now that some of the good agents are to, to put them on. But I usually, it's a lot of work because I have to kind of create, even like, for example, Ford versus Ferrari, we had to, I had to give, I there were maybe, I don't know, 20 actors we were looking at for Ferrari. I had to give the editing department of the studio because they did it. Usually I have to do it myself. That was very nice. They did it themselves. The name of like three roles, which would be helpful to see. And then they cut together some scenes for those things for the director to watch wow
0: that's wild that's totally but it goes to show you i mean there are different preferences within countries about
1: but it's a it's a shame Uh, every but uh, italy is very insular all the all the people watch all the same films they know all the same actors but what it doesn't but the, the system there and the same thing in germany a bit is the system as it is it favors always casting the same actor well that's the biggest complaint here and i am a huge but that's it but you got if you're gonna do that there are systemic things that you have to change and one of them is self-tape a lot of people you know and another one is i don't even i try if i can not to show the directors the show real i try to just say hey let me just you know let me just tape some people and i'll show you the tapes that's like my goal is to do it like that Um, just because they see you, they see one thing where you're not right. And no, 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 they're not right. So I also curate it because I can, I don't show the whole show reel. I I have the clips and I can make visible certain clips. So I curate, I look at all the clips and I say, okay, which one is the closest to this role? And then I show the director only that clip.
0: I love the clip system. I think it's great. It's much better.
1: It's better than that. Because if you have the whole reel. It's it's hard for them to you know it's hard for them to they don't have that much time.
0: A show reel, a two minute, it's like doing a trailer of your your work in a sense, but you also wanted to have like an overarching, yeah. it should sort of tell a story.
1: Yeah, exactly. There are some. I think there are some casting directors who hate those like little teaser things, but I love them. The sizzle reel, for like thirty sixty seconds. This is the sizzle reel where you get there's an actor. I I love his reel so much.
0: Oh. Can you say it?
1: I can sometimes <laughs> just watch it or show it. Yeah, his name is Godahard Geezer. And he has, at the beginning of his reel, like it's about maybe a minute or something like that. And you can see him in very different roles, really different, like six or seven, and he's got music underneath and it's just, but I think maybe some casting directors have, you know, I've heard them also say like, oh, I hate those ones with the music and da-da-da. But, but um, I really... I think that's super helpful because I can immediately see your range, but it doesn't take me, you know, seven, eight, nine minutes to do
0: it. And you could also do a sizzle reel like as a clip. And if you want to see it, right, then then you can include it or not. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we just passed an hour, so I could keep talking to you forever. But I (laughs) I, I think we probably have done it. So is there anything that we didn't talk about that you feel like you, you want to say? You know what? I'm trying to say this on any time I'm
1: anywhere around any actors. I try to say, never take your clothes off in an audition, whether live or not live. It's really an issue. And I just read an article about it. Actually, I don't want to say who it is, but it's a well-known male actor who was asked to take his clothes off in a hotel room and, and it feels like his agent dropped him after he didn't do it. So that really
0: terrifying me. Yeah, that is terrifying from an actor's point of view.
1: Yeah, but I think that, that I'm trying to understand the, the thing. I, you know, what happens is people know. Okay, well, in a movie, very often you do have to take off your clothes. Not very often, but you know, there are sex scenes and there are nude scenes in a movie, and so therefore, because an audition is like for a role in a movie, that therefore there must or can be nudity in the audition. But this is not true. It's a contractual process with a nudity writer and that's all negotiated. So it's not that you have to show your, you don't have to be in the in the audition. Um it just I just sent up as like SAG rules about it and I was really shocked how many people said, Oh, I didn't know that. And I was like, Oh my God. So we the we the ICDA, we have a whole it's the i D. I'll link to com. it in the show notes. Link to it, please. Yeah. There is, uh, we have in many languages, our rules, you know, our guidelines, and then you could know the SAG has the guidelines, the uh, CSA has guidelines, all of the casting directors associations. Also, I think the BBC does. I know the BBC does because I saw it and helped them put together the English stuff. Everybody says the same thing and just, it's really, really, really important to feel safe about not doing that. Now, the only situation that could be is like a viewing, it's called like a body viewing, If, for example, but that's a completely separate thing, it's not acting at the same time, and it's in a bathing suit, and you could bring a friend with you, you know, all of this stuff. But it's just really, there's a lot of, especially after the pandemic, there are so many cases of explicit tapes being made, sent out, you know, people bullying
0: actresses. Kind of surprising because Me Too has made so many changes in the industry as well.
1: It has, but I, I think I get, everybody gets it and it's behind it, but I'm not sure that it's a hundred percent clear what is meant by, you know, that's this thing. Cause like I said, cause people can be convinced, well, in a movie, I have to take off my clothes. Even in the movie that I'm auditioning for, I have to take off my clothes. Therefore in the audition, I would have to do that.
0: I could see where people would make that connection. But so it's good that you're putting that out there.
1: Very, very easy to convince actors that that's necessary. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Cassandra. How can people get a hold of you? Thank you. email. No emails, people. No emails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, follow
1: on Instagram. That's fine. I mean, I try to do... I'm, I use Cast Upload a lot, and I do try to throw out breakdown. You know, I did it for a trillion dollars where I had some roles, and I, I put it up. So, keep so you know, have a look there.
0: Now, you probably you know. have nothing to do with... The ca- cast Upload is also now filmmakers, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. When... I don't know why they don't do it like this. i have to have a talk with those crew United people. But like with Actors Access, if you sign up to it, then you get a casting breakdown whenever there's something that's appropriate. But yeah. they don't do that here. So you have to be constantly... Do you know why? It's because...
1: No, but you know what? That's, that's a bummer. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I don't know. That's a thing. Yeah, they should have it like that. It's because people don't really send out breakdowns. And they certainly don't do like open call kind of situation.
0: But when it's already posted, if it's appropriate, oh, no, like they know true. based yeah. on your, you should just, and you're paying for the service, you should just get exactly.
1: it. Exactly. And does send out, I think. Does send, yeah, they does, do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it depends. Yeah, I just think uh, breakdowns are not a part of German casting, and that's fundamentally a German site. Yeah. That's probably the origin yeah. of that.
0: Although yeah. film, they're doing yeah. a thing later on today about Greece
1: and oh, Spain, cool. we just did, wow.
0: and Poland Good. and the Balkans. and the Yeah.
1: Cool. It's great. I love it. it's a lifesaver. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Great. Yeah, I wish that there were more. I wish um, that that every actor in the world was on cast upload. To be honest, I, I really like it. So it's just yeah. internally for us the way that you show, the way that you show producers, director. You know, you can make different. Yeah, you can curate you so everything in a very very good way. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Uh, well, Cassandra, again, thank you so much. I'm gonna just say goodbye. Thank you so much for listening or watching whatever you are doing. And make sure if you did like this episode to make some comments in the comments below. You can even take a screenshot and make sure to tag Cassandra Han on Instagram and me as well and Alexander Cedar. And if you do that, I will share your stories and my story. So thank you once again for joining us. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking to you.